Jokic just made light work of the Wizards. Just real light work. Oh, hey! And, and Bones did the thing again. Plus, is anyone in the West going to lose ever, ever, ever again? This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team Every day. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. His name is Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR at thedmvr.com. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And just to let you know, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you should check out so you can be able to join the show live. As it is a fun time whenever people join the show. Uh, on today's show, we'll talk about the win over the Wizards. We'll talk about uh, how... The Nuggets have managed to get to this point in the season where they are just rolling. Um, the vibes are back, I guess. The vibes have to be back as we as we look at this spot right now. Uh, Adam, this was – I'll say this. Um, you know, we were kind of talking pregame or pre-show about, like, there's not, like, a lot to go over with this one. That, to me, actually says something. Like, that, to me, is inherently part of, like, the whole thing of, you know, the Nuggets have not had a lot of games this year where they actually were able to just take care of business and just actually get the thing done. And they did like, there's just, they, they took care of business versus a sub 500 team. No stress, no drama. Yeah. Just win. And Joker even made reference to this uh, in his post-game commentary saying like, no, no game is easy for us. They're all like difficult. This one what kind of was, that's what somebody was asking about. Um, but this one was a little bit of an easy one in that they just took care of business. And some of that was shot making. Denver shot 40% from the three-point line, 15 of 37. So you make 15 threes. You actually outscore uh, Washington tonight by 30 points from the three-point line. They went just five of 23. So part of it is just random shot making. Um, but Denver did look crisp. The ball was popping tonight. Uh, they were playing for each other. And uh, like you mentioned, Jokic, um, he pressed his advantage tonight. So... I, I, let's just go over Jokic's insane line. Let's just go ahead and just cover the bases here. He played 27, 26 minutes, 26 minutes and 18 seconds. And he put up 29, 13, 8, 2, and 1. I mean, he was 10 of 14, 2 of 2 from 3, got the three-pointer to fall. He hit all his free throws. Um, it wasn't the most dominant performance from Jokic because it didn't have to be, and he didn't play long enough to... But, like, I, it, it was just, like, complete matrix Neo yeah. control of this game. I think it kind of was dominant, to be honest with you. Like, you said he didn't need to. You're right, he didn't need to. But, I look, they didn't have very good defensive centers. Um, Thomas Bryan, I don't think, is, like, really a, a guy that's going to give him, like, a, a challenge. Um, and Jokic made it look like it. I mean, he just kind of – it was a very casual 29, 13, 8, 2, and 1. And he, I think in his very first like five minutes, he had recorded one of every stat, including a free throw, a three, and a two. So it was just one of those games where like really early on, you could tell he was in rhythm. But I think the story is really, if, if like we try to break it down across everybody, the story was you get five assists from Barton tonight, you get three from DeMarcus Cousins, you get five from Bones Highland, you get four from Monte Morris. You wind up, oh, I, it's weird because I almost felt like more than 30 assists. But it just seemed like everybody was kind of playmaking today. This was like a very ball-is-popping type uh, game from the Nuggets. Yeah, I was about to say, because there was that sequence where they had like 
eight different oh, passes. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like aggressively yelling at the TV. I was like, you're overpassing. You're overpassing. You should take a shot now. You're going to waste it. I, oh, they got a dunk out of it. Okay. Yeah. Like, let me ask you about that. Um, it, is the only answer to you overpassed, you ran out of time on the shot clock? As, uh, as otherwise, is it good to just keep passing? No, no, you can definitely overpass it. You could make the argument. There were like a few shots that opened up within that specific play you're talking about. Plays, when you overpass, and like, I don't know if that one was necessarily like an, oh, that was too much overpassing. But it's just that if you're going up against, say, the Golden State Warriors, it's very rare that you're going to get away with 11 passes. Like they're they're going to be able to recover and do this or that. But, you know, tonight going up against the Washington Wizards, guys were just – they were doing things the right way. And, and it's encouraging. Like here's another one thing I was thinking as I watched this game. The Nuggets just came out of a playoff atmosphere in Philadelphia, like a really tough, emotional, crowd-into-it game. And then you go to Washington, and it was like a hard left. The crowd was pro-Nuggets. Uh, Washington had was like on their Washington was in second gear. They played this whole game, and I just think Denver. It was almost encouraging in one way because I feel like Denver came out of that Philly series ready for the playoffs, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we still have to play these Wizards teams every now and then." Yeah, honestly, I think it was good to not have a letdown spot. You know, coming off that Sixers game, it would have been pretty reasonable for them to lose this one um, and to get the win, and not just get the win to get comfortably. I think does say something about the team and where it's at. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about how about we'll talk about the bench and how it continues to shine in Bones Highland and what he continues to show um, and the level of trust that the team has in him as well as the entire bench unit. We'll do that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about the Athletic Greens Company. So um, our next partner has a product that I've started using daily. It's called Athletic Greens. Okay. Uh, I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to get my uh, like a huge burst of vitamins and supplements into it. I've got a, my I've talked about my brother-in-law before, who is like a super healthy, per- an annoyingly healthy individual. Um, he is a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He's done CrossFit training before. He's done like he trains for marathons and ultra marathons and like all. It's annoying. And he was actually in my kitchen this week and was he was in for spring break and um, was like hey what's this look at the athletic green stuff and i was like oh that's like our new sponsor and he tried it out and he's like actually this tastes better than all of the other supplements that i've been using like this one has been way better so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy your recovery focus and aging all of those things you just start off your day pop in one scoop into the water bottle down that sucker you can have breakfast to start your day and you're going to feel way better throughout the day it's going to make a big difference check it out at the athletic greens company athleticgreens.com we'll be right back on locked on nuggets Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day, making this your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Locked On Now podcast. You got daily updates and recaps from all around the NBA from our local experts. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. Locked On Now. Uh, Adam, another great game from the bench tonight. Um, six of 10 for Bones Highland, 17 points. Uh, Bryn Forbes. You got to stop at Bones. We talk about all the bench, but I think we got to stop with Bones. Because to me, if you actually distilled this down to one thing, it would be Bones Highland having another big game in a row. And I just looked this up, Matt. He's actually had double-figure scoring in eight 
seven of the no, yes, yeah, seven of the last eight games. Wow. The, and then it breaks. So he had a a four point game in ten minutes against the Warriors. But before that, the only break it actually should have gone and extended another game. But he played twenty seven seconds against Portland and had zero points. But before that, he had eleven points. So you're really talking about eight of the last nine that he actually played real minutes in. He gets double figures and. He's just kind of coming in. That by by the way, that's by far his longest stretch. I mean, he had a four-game stretch where he was in double figures, and then he had a three-game stretch that he was in double figures. But to be at eight out of nine, I just think he's more comfortable. Obviously, he's playing more minutes, but he's more comfortable. He's more confident, and he's stringing together several games in a row of that confidence, especially with his three-point shot. Is his rotation perfect right now for the playoffs? Like, is this is his role <laughs> is about perfect right now? It's so. Uh, I mean, honestly, here's here's the crazy thing. I know people are going to say I'm insane for this. Uh oh. No, it's just that I think the Michael Porter. I, I think he's probably going to return next week. I just that's just my feeling. I don't have the insight inside knowledge on this one. I just kind of feel it. And I think Murray obviously going down to Grand Rapids. It sounds like that first workout went great. He's going to do a second workout today. Um, it complicates things because Denver really is rolling right now. They've won twelve of fifteen. <laughs> just no, what I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't play him. I'm just saying it is going to be one of those things where it's no. like. You work yeah. all season long to develop a rhythm. And by the way, Austin Rivers talked about this after the game, about how he's like, it takes a long time to develop like chemistry with a five-man group. And he's like, and I feel like over the last, you know, 10 games, we've really got that or this or that. And it's like, yeah, but guess what? It's about to change again. And that's just, <laughs> it, it is what it is, but it is yeah. one of those things I kind of laugh yeah. at. No, like I'm not laughing at the idea. Like you're absolutely, look, you have to sell me on this. We've seen it three years in a row. Like every, every single time they go through the hardest part of the schedule and we're like, wow, they came out of it and they're getting their guys back. And then they get their guys back and it's like, <laughs> like every single time. Like there's yeah. just, this is why I keep yelling at people that are like, why doesn't Malone just keep Joker in for the last 24 minutes of the game? And I'm like, guys, the rotations have to stay the same. Like the players have, are you know, good. I don't know if they have to stay the same, especially when we're talking about Yoke coming in like two minutes early, because that's really what we're talking about. Six and a half minutes versus like nine minutes. So I don't that part of it I don't think is an example of of what we're talking about here. To me, it's more about like Jamichael Green and Demarcus Cousins have developed a really nice like like that team plays now with two with those two guys are a big part of the personality. In fact, I think the personality of the second unit is Bones Highland, DeMarcus Cousins with J. Mike as sort of the third personality member of that group. And so if you replace Michael Porter Jr. probably makes – that's where that spot goes. I mean, it, it probably affects him to some degree. So um, it's just that, – that's the part that's just weird is it just changes everything. And he's more talented, so maybe it's seamless. But it's just something that will make this interesting. The only thing I'm trying to say here is you talk about the like awesome with the five man units, right? Like, and Malone's talked about this a lot the, that the the chemistry that unit has finally been playing well. Like, Malone will look at the numbers, but if the numbers don't match his eye test, he'll lean towards his eye test. And I think, and unless it gets to a point where it's just like, wow, we're just getting absolutely slaughtered, right? Um, but the eye test has matched the data lately, which is just like that unit has found what works. Like, and I'll also say this, that unit has kind of come to get an identity. Like it's, it's a little, it's scrappy. It's a little volatile is honestly the way it is. And that's not just boogie. Um, J Mike's playing with a lot more, I think emotional energy than he did early in the season. And like all of that is good. 
And, you know, look, I will say this. If there's one player that I trust to integrate smoothly into a lineup and help, it's it's Monte Morris. Because I just I always feel like well, hmm. I I just always feel like Monte is is good at adapting. And I get it that Jamal's going to start on 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 the bench. I get it. Well, there's an interesting thing tonight I, I thought was interesting. So the bench was kind of not playing great. The Nuggets are up 30 points and they it got cut to 20 with like eight minutes to go. It wasn't, I never felt like Jokic was going to have to come in or any of that stuff. But Michael Malone brought Monte Morris back in to run with that second unit. So it was Monte mm. with Bones Highland, J. Mike, and Demarcus Cousins. And somebody wrote me on Twitter and it made me think. He's like, it's kind of interesting that Monte came back in. I wonder, you know, like, is that a sign that maybe Malone's trying to get some minutes with Monte in that second unit again? And at first I'm like, no, he's probably just trying to stabilize. But I don't know. Maybe there is some value to saying, hey, Bones and Monte, I need you guys to run that second unit together. And they did a good job. I really want to see the the combinations with Bones. I want to see Jamal and Monte. I want to see Jamal and Bones. I want to see, like, I want to see more Monte and Bones. Like, I I just think that those three guards, you can mix and match. I agree. Don't go to the three-guard lineup. Because I keep begging you, don't do this. But uh, I think in general, I'm very low on the. What? What I don't like. I don't like the three guard lineups on this team at all. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want the three guards. Yeah. Like, there's just been so many this year, and I just keep being like, if you got like six, seven guards, you can do. Like everyone's like, well, look at because Bob Bob uh, Haral Bob was talking about this delight tonight, and it's not like there's teams that can do it. But you talk about, about OKC and how how well they've run with three guard lineups, and I'm like, yeah, because Shea's like six six. Like, yeah, he's if so you're long. huge, so you can do this. Yeah, he's a super long six 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 seven, whatever he is. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Um, all right, before we go to break, well, hold on. Is there anybody else from this bench? I mean, Demarcus Cousins tonight also going six of twelve. He had been in a little, in my opinion, a little like four or five game mini slump, and now two good games in a row again, Philadelphia, and then this one. Um, so for me, it, it was just good to see because I I was worried he was sort of losing control a little bit. Yeah, he beasted. Um, Austin was good, four of seven, right? Two of four from three, hit two threes. Uh, Forbes was only three of nine, but he hit three threes. Again, like the second unit, a lot of it is just like a, a nice, easy fix for the second unit on top of everything else that's made it better. On top of all that is just having more shooters. Just yeah. – more more shooters actually hitting three pointers has helped considerably, and I think that that's one of the reasons why their efficiency has has really boosted. We need we have to make a point too that Will Barton tonight only took six shots. He had only had four points, but he had five assists and two rebounds, two steals. Like it, people only ever noticed like when the Barton shoots too much stuff happens. But tonight was a night where the Nuggets were rolling, and he just like was content to play facilitator. So just kind of a note here that. It, the bads are loud and the goods are often quiet. This was like a quiet, he fit in perfectly tonight. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you highlight both the good and the bad with Will Barton? How dare you? He couldn't make a uh, So Chris Dempsey got to chatting on the sideline. How funny was that? There and dropped a little, look, I'm going to be real with you. I, I had like, I've been, I've been asking. I don't have anything on, on Jamal. Yeah. But don't. Uh, but Dempsey said that he expects Jamal to be back at some point during next week's homestand. Hard to and know that, if he meant back with the team, as in back in Colorado, back from yeah. Rapids. Maybe, maybe he's, he's, he's spiritually back with the team. I mean, honestly, because they were talking about him in Grand Rapids and like, oh, he'll be back, as in back in Denver or mm-hmm. back on the court. 
I think back in Denver, to be honest. One, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Dempsey's a pro. No. He would you know, want to know where I'm at? I, I am, I've reached this point. They're going to do the exact thing I didn't want them to do. They're going to do it. They're really going to do it. Jamal Murray's upgraded to questionable yep. on the game notes. Yep. <laughs> We're going to hear nothing. Breaks the story. Like nothing. We're going to be told nothing. And then on like, like, let me look at the schedule. Um, let's see. Uh, Saturday, March 26 versus the Thunder. Like that morning, that morning, Woj will tweet it. And that, like he'll tweet it 30 seconds before the injury report drops. Yeah. And then we'll get the injury report that says Jamal Murray has been listed as Jamal Murray and MPJ have been listed as questionable for tonight. Right. They're going to do it. I it's think, fine. I still think, I honestly think MPJ is back sooner. So I think, and, and it would be interesting. Do you feel like, let's, here's a scenario for you. Let's say the, they are like, you know what? Michael Porter's ready to go on Sunday. But Jamal Murray, we think, is ready on Saturday. Do you think that they would delay Michael Porter to get both of them in on the same no. game? No, 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 no. What if it was Sunday and Tuesday? <laughs> like, if it was one game apart, do you think they're like, hey, let's just save this all, or do we roll it out one at a time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Asking me, asking, spot, man, but telling this me is to, to... the weirdest spot to be in. 13 yeah. games left. Yeah. Major pieces returning. Yeah. What a season. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, I will say this. Um, a, a lot of the narrative is pretty kind to Denver at this point. Um, and what I mean by that is like the common consensus around the league is, wow, look at how good they are. And they've missed MPJ and Jamal all season. And then they all, they switch to, and if they get those guys back, <laughs> but then, but but no, but but it's also it's very much like you know that if they struggle, it's going to be like well, you know, they just couldn't get them back and they just weren't healthy, and you know they're they're going to be really dangerous next year. Like the the Nuggets have some. I, I really intended not intended. I really believe that this year was had more weight. Like obviously, like I bet them to win the title right before MPJ went down. Right. Um, like I legitimately thought that there was a run here, and it really seems like it switched very much to a free roll. Don't, but don't you feel a little bit validated by that? I mean, the Nuggets are forty-two and twenty-eight. They'd be a what a four seed in the East, you know. They, they and also by the way, Yokes missed like six games, which he doesn't usually, you know, do. They went two and four, two and five, whatever it was that he missed. So, don't you kind of feel like that's a pretty good record for a team that's missing two big players? Like if you add those two guys, they probably are out maybe at forty-eight wins right now, which would be the second most wins in the NBA. I mean, they're great. only they're six Here's wins behind Memphis. Here's what's crazy. They're on track. We'll talk about the rest of the West in a second. Um, they're on track. They have a shot. They have an outside shot at, at passing that win total. Um, How outside is it? Is it 48 and a half? 47 and a half. If you, if you were, if you were a sharp. Yeah. If you were a sharp buyer. What do you like, mean an outside chance? That's six wins. That, the, the schedule's they, tough. I'm, look, look, I'm very close on this. I need <laughs> – I don't want to jinx it. Your own pick. I love it. Okay. Smart. Okay. Hey, um, but here – well, and here's the other thing is, like, I think there's a – like, I think they have – let's see. What are they at right now? They are – 42 and 28? 42 and 28. Okay. So I need them to go. How many games is that? I, I need my my nifty spreadsheet. I can't do anything without my spreadsheet now. I'm I'm bound to it. Um, all right. So twelve games left. 
right, I need them to go 10 and 2 because then they hit 52 wins and they they hit the mark that I set, had them set at. That's what I really need them to do. I need them to close 10 and 2. I don't think they're going to go 10 and 2, but hater. Um, but like, if you had told, here's the thing, I was very confident in them. And what was weird was if you told me before the season, hey, they're going to lose MPJ nine games in, I would have been like, nope, nope, not betting that, no way. But then after MPJ went down, because he played so poorly, I was kind of like, I still think they're going to be okay. Yeah. And now, but if if I look back to like what I thought of the team in preseason, if you told me like, oh, they lost this, and it really has been kind of true, which is just like, it just everything the margins for error got so small for them because of all their injuries and the COVID and the fatigue and everything else that it really truncated things. And the fact that they've managed to get here, um, it's crazy. And not like Joker deserves by far and away the most credit. And, and look, I've I've said consistently on this, I don't think this has been a great Malone year. I don't. But the overall body of work has to matter, where it's like, yeah, he kept the team together. Things didn't spiral off of the tracks and they still went. And if, especially if they go over their win total again, it's an arbitrary, you know, arbitrary. It's a line set by Vegas. That's based off a lot of different factors. But to me, there really is something to going over the, the expected win total every season. Yeah. Except for the bubble season. That says a lot to me about. And the only reason they didn't in the bubble, didn't they go 0 and 8 in the, in the like, yes, the regular, they had like, six guys. like that. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. We're gonna come back. I keep track. I know you don't care for him, but five thirty-eight now has Denver tied with Dallas and Utah. Both all all three teams going fifty-one and thirty-one. Minnesota they have as forty-seven and thirty-five, so they have a four-game difference for Denver and Minnesota after today, which is weird because Minnesota won. So go figure. Yeah, let's we'll talk about that entire mess when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I have to tell you about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again. This college basketball tournament is finally upon us. So I, I ran my NBA model for the college tournament, um, and I want to congratulate UAB and the South Dakota State Jackrabbits on uh, <laughs> making both the Elite Eight and, in the Jackrabbits' case, uh, the Final Four. They um, are the number one offense in all of college basketball, as I researched today. I told my wife uh, that I was doing this and that I was going to bet on it and uh, on South Dakota State consistently, and she was like, you're putting our money on the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. And I just turned to her and I said, hippity hoppity. Um, uh, from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball. They're your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making us part of your day and making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, which you should subscribe to and join the comments. It's a big old time in the comments every night. Uh, do that as well as check out Locked on NBA. I'm on on Tuesdays and Adam's on on Fridays and you get our wisdom and analysis and wondrous intonations about the league on a league-wide perspective check us out on the locked on nba podcast on youtube or wherever you get podcasts so adam here's a problem no one in the west is losing no one just no one the nuggets get the get a big win versus the sixers the nuggets get a, a they avoid a letdown spot versus the wizards guess what the mavericks go into brooklyn and get the win over kd 
in a spectacular game winner off of Spencer Dinwiddie uh, when Luka was insane down the stretch. The Wolves annihilate, annihilate the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Utah Jazz handled business versus what was once a very potent and powerful uh, Chicago Bulls team. No one is moving. These are the records in the last 10 games across the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns are 7-3. and three. The Memphis Grizzlies are 7-3. and three. The Golden State Warriors are struggling. They're 4-6 after losing to Boston tonight. The Utah Jazz are 6-4. and four. The Mavericks are 8-2. and two. The Nuggets are 7-3. and three. The Wolves are 9-1 and one and can't gain any ground. It's absolutely insane how tough this Western Conference has become late in the season, just getting wins all the time. No one, no one is willing to concede right now. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, Dallas tonight broke my heart. <laughs> Brooklyn had that one in the bag. It was literally a buzzer beater game winner, uh, almost a grenade that was thrown to Spencer Dinwiddie. He had, I mean, to his credit, it was a great shot. Um, and it's always fun when a, a player wins right shortly after being traded. Um, so that's like a big moment for him. But it is one of those things where you're just looking at it and you're like, it's just magical. All these teams have magic to them right now. Dallas, the Timberwolves, even Utah. I know they're only six and four, only six and four here, but you know, they have a couple good wins here as well. And when you start to look at the standings, when we talk about Denver, where they're going to wind up, Utah and Dallas have the same record. Denver's now as likely to pass Utah as they are Dallas. So um it's pretty. It, it is pretty wild. The only saving grace, as we discussed yesterday, is that Dallas and Minnesota play twice. Are we late enough in the season that we should be rooting for Dallas just to win both of those? Which one? Sorry, I missed that. Da- Dallas versus Minnesota. Yes. Yes. It's probably the smartest. Especially because I'll just I'll maintain this. I just I think you want the six. I would not have any interest in the four or five. I just don't. Yeah. I don't have any interest in it. I just if you're the Nuggets, I don't understand why you're putting yourself in Phoenix's bracket. Like, um, can you lose to Dallas? Yes. Can you lose to the Grizzlies? Yes. Can you lose to the Warriors? Yes. Can you lose um, to, Utah. to the Utah? Yes. But if you're looking at it, like, do you, will you lose to, to Phoenix in the second round? Not definitely. Like, there's a lot there. There's a lot of stuff I can get into about why they, they could be live. I think six is fine. You stay in the two, three. I think you're live versus Golden State. I think you're live versus Memphis. Let somebody else focus on Phoenix. Let make Phoenix go through all of those games before you face them, especially with Chris Paul's injury history. Right. Go through all that. Get the easiest path to the Western Conference Finals. You make another Western Conference Finals, and you've got all the momentum in the world going into the next season. Um, what's, the, what's the best path for Denver? And I don't mean Denver's schedule. Like, okay, so let's say Phoenix. What's the toughest schedule for Phoenix that's realistic right now? Is it Clippers round one? Timberwolves or, or Clippers are kind of your your options there. I don't know. I don't know how to cap that. I really don't. Me neither. If, if, Paul, George, if Paul George and Kawhi don't come back, no, I don't know. I think that's a coin flip. Yeah. Like you think it's a coin flip series? No, I think it's a coin flip game between the Clippers and Wolves. Uh, oh, like which one would be better for Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this: if Memphis gets the two and the Wolves get the seven, I think Minnesota's live. Wow. I think they're live. That'd be fun, though. I'd be be for it. It's a bad matchup. Yeah, it'd be be a lot of fun, though, right? Like Cat and Towns versus Ja and Jaron. It'd be great. It'd be absolutely great. So then if you taught Utah Dallas, if that was the 4-5, which team is – either of those teams have a chance of knocking out Phoenix? Dallas, I guess. 
I think those teams have a better chance than some of the other teams outside of Golden State. And part of the reason for that is Phoenix had Utah beat last year. If Utah had won that series versus the Clippers, I was going to bet heavily on the Suns versus Utah. And the reason was because the Suns have all those like switching options. They had the small ball five. They're not nearly as versatile as they were last year. This is like an under-discussed thing because they've just gotten way better at what they do. And you can win that way. They have won that way. They're the best team in the league, right? They're the best team by, by a margin. They've been a juggernaut. Utah, I think, is a lot more comfortable in the way that Phoenix plays. With Dallas, it's kind of the opposite where Dallas would try and do to Phoenix what teams have done to Utah, which is we're going to run five out. Mm. Luke is going to go nuts. You're not going to be able to stay with Luca. Like Bridges will do a great job. Doesn't matter because Luca's Luca. Luca has a massive series. The Mavs outpace you with shooting, and their skirmish defense creates enough pressure on you to just like just get the Suns a little discombobulated. And if there's a unit that kind of does tend to fluctuate more, Phoenix will have stretches where it struggles to score. Like it just has droughts. It will have these bursts where they look like and just an unbelievable offensive machine, but they have like these little stretches. So the answer to your question is, yeah, is I think Utah and I think Utah and Dallas have a better chance than the other teams at beating Phoenix and will drag those series out. Um, I just, I will say, I just keep looking at the Clippers and wondering what's going to happen with their injury situation. Um, We just don't know. Yeah. This Utah's within three games of the Warriors. Do you know who has the tiebreaker there? It's almost uh, certainly not going to switch, but I just am curious if there's even a little chance. Because the best scenario would be Golden State and Phoenix to be on the same side of the bracket. Uh, I did this today. It's not coming up. Things only to face Denver again in the first round would just be too much. Uh, okay. I'm looking at Utah Warriors. Warriors lead 2-1 with one to play. In the event of a split and assuming that Utah holds off Denver, Utah would win by virtue of a division win. Wow. So, yeah. So that's that's how that breaks down. So there you go. There's at least a tiny little chance. I'm looking at Golden State here to see if they have a tough schedule or not. Um, it's just an interesting – like that's a, the best case scenario. I know like we're looking at brightest timelines, even if it's somewhat unlikely. If I try to count losses like potential losses at Miami for Golden State, at Memphis – versus Phoenix, versus mm-hmm. Utah, and then Lakers at the very end of the season, Pelicans at the very end of the season. Like, you might get something out of that. I don't know. But what are the Lakers going to do? <laughs> they are. Yeah. Man, I watched that game tonight. I, I had that on second screen tonight. Oh, yeah. Steph did roll an ankle, didn't he? That's right. He rolled an ankle tonight. With the Lakers – I don't know the last time I've seen body language this bad, man. I'm telling you, don't you think it's important? I don't get this idea of like, well, they know it's there's nothing to play for. I'm like, what? What? I, I think – I just think there's like professionalism. <laughs> like, That's what like, I'm saying. Just yeah. competitiveness. Just the spirit of like I get to play professional basketball. I get to compete against the world's best. And, like, I don't understand if you're LeBron and you've talked all this shit all year about people, like, (laughs) questioning you, how are you not like, well, look, we're going to be in it. You give me a chance and I can get there. You beat the Warriors down 3-1. Like, 
I get it. This team's worse. I get it. This team's bad. I get it. But like, you're responsible. And I, I, the, I will look, I'll just keep coming back to this. I really think on some level, um, people are saying he's pouting and he's being childish. I don't disagree. I honestly think a lot of this is if you're LeBron, the last three preseasons you have said in order for us to get where we want to go, Anthony Davis needs to be our MVP. <laughs> right, right. And the last three years outside of the bubble, which was after a three-month hiatus, Anthony Davis has not been there. Right. He hasn't been there. He just hasn't been there. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? And I, I genuinely, like, I have genuine questions about how this is going to work out. The most likely scenario is, like, look, they just try and reconfigure or whatever else. But, like, in my opinion, clutch is LeBron. And LeBron comes first. And LeBron needs somebody to carry the weight. And that's just who he is at this point in his career. You right. know, he's, he's been all he's, he's been, still spectacular. He just he's been amazing for every game for all the whole yeah. game. I mean, he's yeah, he's quit on defense. Um, I don't I don't know. It's just weird. Like I still there's still a scenario they win in the play and get back into the playoffs and then it just becomes whatever. But I, I'm looking at their I'm looking at the schedule down the stretch and I'm just thinking if these teams have something to play for, the Lakers just – I mean, they're getting clowned by everybody in the league right yeah. now. They've got Toronto. They've got Cleveland. They've got Philly. They've got the Pelicans. They've got Dallas, Utah, New Orleans, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, and Denver again. Like, all, they've got two games there that they're going to be favored. They're going to be favored against Oklahoma City. They're going to be favored probably on the road against – no, they won't be favored against Washington. They might be favored in one game remaining on their schedule this season. Think about that's that. That's team that actively does not want to win. Here's what's also crazy is like they're begging for somebody to take this playing spot. Like that's what they're doing is like they're literally like being like we just want to go home and call it and figure it out next year. Like why go through this? Like why why risk the injury? Why put the miles on us? Right? But Spurs, the Spurs and the Kings and the Blazers, the Blazers are just outright like nope. Yeah, not they don't it. Do, yeah. Not gonna do it. The Spurs are three and seven. They went on a buzzer beater versus the Thunder tonight. They're three and seven in their last ten. That's only one game better than the Nug than the Lakers in their last ten. Wow. They're still three games back in the loss column. The Kings want to make it. They're six back of the Lakers. <laughs> the Kings, man, that's the saddest team in the history of sports, yes. man. They're like, this is a year where people are literally trying to get out of the play in and they still can't get in. Can't get there. Can't get there. Can't. I, that's I, why Lakers, honestly Lakers might end up Going down the stretch here, they might win. I, if I were handicapping it, I would say they might win five games is like the ceiling for them. So they'll go like five and eight down the stretch. My God. It is and bad. I think they'll actually be worse than that. But out of respect for LeBron, I'll say five and eight. All right. The Nuggets are, quote unquote, fully healthy. They have their full roster back. Okay. Jamal and PJ are back is what I'm saying. Jamal and PJ, Zeke are all back. Uh, the Nuggets control their destiny. And they can face one of three teams. I don't know how that would work, but it, I've seen it happen. It, it could happen. Um, they can face the Jazz. They can face the Warriors, or they can face the Grizzlies. Which team should they face? That's so hard. I honestly think they'd probably be underdogs against all of them. They will be. I mean, they unless, will unless you're really talking about a fully healthy Jamal. I just the Jamal thing is so crazy to me. Um, you, man, you probably want Utah. Okay. I think you probably want Utah. Utah, I think, has the most capacity to crack. Yep. They have the, the fewest ways of beating you. I mean, they're going to beat you with Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert being impactful. But 
Like if you can find a way to just limit Donovan Mitchell, then you should dominate that series. Like the Nuggets have a better chance of getting perimeter penetration from their guards versus Utah than either of the other two teams. Maybe. Might be true. I mean, Golden State, look, Golden State tonight lost. Their defense is insane. Their defense is frightening. Yep. Yep. Uh, when they when they're locked in, they are they are they're an awesome team. They're they're awesome. I think they can beat I think they can beat Phoenix. I would I, I would be betting on them in a series versus Phoenix because they'd be dogs and I would get plus money on it. So hmm. like I like Golden State to beat Phoenix. They're the team I think they can do it. Um I this team is <laughs> the Nuggets are are like just the, like the last week, right? <laughs> like you know, okay, you're exhausted. You lose the Warriors game. Good effort, but it's a bummer. You have the complete, like, disgrace on the offensive glass where you're usually great versus the Raptors. You turn around and you get this pretty phenomenal win on the road versus the Sixers. Right. And now it's like, you beat the Wizards. Dempsey's talking about Jamal coming back. There's there's the MPJ. Like, I the the Vibes roller coaster, yeah. I is is a lot here right now. Well, there's yeah, I will say this. The the Nuggets are 2 and 0 on this three-game road trip. Their their final, you know, long road trip of the year. If you can manage to get a win against Cleveland, I mean, their odds just every the next these next games at Cleveland, at home against Boston, Clippers and Phoenix. Those are four really tough games. If Denver goes 3 and 1 in that stretch, which I, if they go 2 and 2, we're going to sweat this all the way out to the end. If they go 3 and 1, like I think they'll end up being in very good shape down the stretch to to hold on to that six seed. Uh, I do want to do an update. I forgot this last night because it's this is what I this is the part of the tiebreaker thing I always forget. Um, the Blazers and the Pelicans play one more time, so the Nuggets had already clinched a play in berth last night when you and I talked. So today's um, game did not clinch it, but they've officially clinched. Um, at least a play-in spot. The Nuggets will not miss the postseason. The Wolves yeah. clinch the same tonight. We have uh, we have seven teams in the Western Conference that will at least be in the postseason as of right now. There you go. Okay, that's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow. Adam's got Locked On NBA, which you should listen to on Friday. For tomorrow's Thursday show, I will have Joel Rush from Forbes come on and we'll talk about the Nuggets season and I'll try and find out what the hell's going on with Jamal and all these other things. Uh, we'll do whatever update we can on that news as well. Uh, we'll keep you covered on everything. Nuggets, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We will talk to you guys again next time. 